2, verse 3. And Lord, I just pray as we start this service this morning, God, we're going we're gonna to believe you for a message that will stir our hearts, Father. And bring us, Lord God, to a closer walk with you. In Jesus' name. And for those that are listening on the internet, I want to welcome you. Amen. Dakota Holmes Fellowship Church. And I ask you to enjoy the message with the rest of us. Amen. Uh, I want to preach a message, and I just want to call it, it's time for war. What does that mean? As Christians today, we're fighting battles. Amen. There's a lot of things coming our way that's going to try to distract us from serving the Lord. Satan is doing anything he can right now to weaken his church. Hallelujah. He's trying to keep you out away from prayer. He's trying to keep you out from seeking the Lord. He's trying to keep you out of a lot of things, praise God. But you know what? God is calling us together to learn to trust Him because we're, coming, we're ready for battle. There's a war happening uh, right now in the church. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to say it again. Let me back this up before I knock it down. Every day I wake up, I can feel that war taking place. You understand what I'm saying? In my spirit, there's a, there's a battle taking place, whether I'm going to serve God or whether I'm not going to serve God. Whether I'm going to do what God says or I'm not going to do what God says. The struggles are happening. The flesh was warring against the spirit, and the spirit is warring against the flesh. You ever, you ever rubbed two pieces of sandpaper together, Brother Allen? And oh, that is the most unpleasant sound. <laughs> Or when you go in the icebox and you scrape your finger on the, 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 oh, it just gives you chills just thinking about it. But that's kind of what's happening when you're, when you're in spiritual battle. It's like rubbing two pieces of sandpaper together. It ain't fun. It, it don't sound good. It, 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 it makes you quiver. Hallelujah. All right. But you know, I, I'm at the point where if God wants to rub me together, the battle takes place. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It ain't going to sound good. You know, the battle is hard. It's not easy. You know, when a soldier takes off for boot camp or, or, or wherever he's going, he has three months of preparation. Listen, he's got a mama and a daddy, and that's a start. He's told where to, when to wake up. He's told when to go to bed. He's told when to, you know, he, he, his life is over in the natural, in society, because now he has new taskmasters. The man over him is going to whip him into something. You think joining the army is easy? It's not. These men are pushed to the limit, Brother Allen. They're pushed. They, they, got, they give them a weapon. They, they're to learn how to use that weapon. They'll learn to train that body, discipline that body, bring it into submission. They, I've heard it said that a good soldier can tear his gun apart, blindfolded, and put it back together. That sergeant will tell you, you better know that weapon, son. It's going to save your life. <laughs> you better know how to use it. You better not close one eye and keep one eye open. You better keep them both open. Because it's not easy being a soldier. The battle is hard. It's not easy being a disciplined soldier. Because he, they ain't going to send me into battle. Look, I'm overweight. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I'm broken up. How far am I going to get? <laughs> I never saw a fat soldier yet. <laughs> Come on. If you got some weight on, you can bet on it's coming off. <laughs> Three months, 
You've been trying to lose that 50, 60 pounds, 100 pounds. You're going to lose it quick because they're going to beat it out of you. <laughs> but that's how we need to be in the spirit. When we're walking with God. I don't know about you, Brig. I think I'm going to learn something. <laughs> Me, for free. I'm going to learn something. We're walking with God, and that soldier's working hard. He's, the soldier's on his back. Boy, you don't want to do it? Give me this much push-ups. Give me whatever. You're going to pay for your laziness. You're going to pay because you don't want to listen. Don't dare back-talk him because he'll knock the hell out of you. Praise God. He prepares you for battle. When you're going to get on that battlefield, you're going to thank God you went through those three months. Huh? You're going to thank God you learned how to use that weapon. You're going to thank God you prepared yourself. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. For the war. Brothers and sisters, we're in a war today. And the war we're facing right now is more intense than that natural war that they're fighting in the world. Because it's the life of God's church. The life of me and you as Christians. The life of this fellowship. There's a lot of attacks to place in this church and the people here. But God wants us to put our neck up straight, back straight, and let's fight war. We, we're not going to be satisfied till victory comes. Amen? To your loved ones who are sitting in those pews, listening to the gospel, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. We're not going to be satisfied till those that have backslidden has been healed and turned back to God. And the bitterness in their heart, the division in their heart, the hate in their heart is gone. That's my vision. That's why God told me, he said, you start plowing. I'm going to tell you something that happened. I told Janice that a while ago. Last night I was dreaming or something. And it was so real. I saw a storm come over my house. I could hear it. It's like a train coming. But I thought it was real. I thought maybe, man, did, did, did I, I missed the weather or something. Did it? And my house stayed standing. <laughs> I said, well, what was that? Now I know. Because no matter what the storm looks like or what it sounds like, your house will stand. Yeah. Hallelujah. And it was so real, y'all. I could hear it. I could hear it around me. And I never had a dream like that in my life. No matter what the storm sounds like or what it might look like, if you stand upon my word, your house will stand. A house divided against itself will not stand, the Bible says. We can't be a divided church. I'll tell you something I'm encouraged about in this little church. Since we came back, I sense people excited and I sense unity. There's nobody talking about nobody. I love it. <laughs> nobody fighting each other. Now, we'll get more. You know how people are. They, they tend to get together, you know, butt heads, button heads, you know, and stuff like that. But right now, it's, it's good. I sense a, a, a hunger for God. People excited about their church. I mean, just, just things that... You know, God wants to do. You know, I can tell you right now, he's prepared this place. We're going to be here a long time. I'm going to tell you right now, he, is, he has blessed us spiritually. He's blessed us financially. And it, it, it's, it's here for, I, I don't plan on going anywhere. I'm a hard-headed fellow. <laughs> My wife will tell you. Listen, I was asking, well, we were talking this morning. I said, I don't like to quit. I don't. You know, quitters never get anywhere. You know, when you're fighting for something that's, that you believe in, and you're serving God for it, 
It's not always going to be. You're going to get hit in the back. You're going to get hit in the front. You're going to, you know, the battles of fights going to get hard. It's going to get tough. But God has given us a place to worship, and he wants us to fight for it. Let's just come into church. I'm glad everybody's here. I know we're faithful or not. But, you know, just coming here is not, it's fighting for this place. Come on, y'all. Fighting for this fellowship. Fighting for the people. Fight, praying for each other. That's the greatest calling you can do. The war is not easy, Lillard. It's not easy to fight for something. That's why people today end up with nothing, because they quit. When the battle gets hard, they just back out. They, they, go, they run away. Hallelujah. But I want to be a good soldier for Jesus. I didn't even read nothing yet, right? <laughs> All right. 2 Timothy 2.3 says, let me put my glasses on. Hallelujah. I can read it, but I want to be sure I'm reading it right. Therefore, thou for thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now that verse tells me there's going to be hard times. He tells me the battle's going to get hot. It's going to get hard. It's not going to be easy all the time. You know, I like coming to church when everybody's doing okay and everybody got a pocket full of money and check. Books good, and everybody got a job. Well, that'd be great. Oh, man, and everybody's singing, and husband and wives are getting along, and all the children are doing good, and mother-in-law went home. and <laughs> You know, it's always good. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, 99.9% of the time, that ain't the truth. It don't happen like that. Battles come. And you know why? I told somebody one time, I said, you got to be a testimony in your home. You got to be a testimony on your job. You got to be a testimony. You're fighting a battle. You're representing Christ. You're an ambassador for Jesus. They got a lot of ambassadors for Jesus dying today throughout this world. We have it nice. We have a nice little building. We have air conditioning and everything looks good. But that's not so in a lot of places of the world. There are many people dying for the name of Jesus. Their families are torn apart. Their wives are ripped up. I mean, the husbands are taken off to war, maybe killed somewhere. How are the children are sold as slaves somewhere? Come on, it's hard, brother Alan. It's not easy like, like, like we enjoy here today. And I hope to God it don't have to get like that to wake up the church. Hallelujah. You're to be a good soldier. You got to be on the battlefield fighting. You be prepared for the battle. That's what you do when you open the word and you seek God's face. God, show me. And you hold this book with conviction. Not say, I'm just reading my Bible. No, this is your life. When you read this Bible and it says, Thou shalt not, it means thou shalt not. Those Ten Commandments are not ten opinions. They're not, they're not what God thinks you ought to do. Thus said the Lord. It's a command. It's not ten, ten opinions, ten commandments. And if we walk according to conviction, we walk according to the Spirit, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fulfill the things of God. We're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hallelujah. We're to prepare ourselves as good soldiers. So every time you open that Bible, every time you get in those knees, you're, you're, you're at boot camp. Every time you go through a trial, you're at boot camp. Time you take face a test, you're at boot camp. Anytime people, family turns against them, you're at boot camp. 
Listen, I'm telling you, that's what I'm talking about. There has to be a preparation to be a soldier. You're training, you're, you're being trained in the, as a Christian soldier to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? The battle is not easy, like I said earlier. I wish it was, y'all. I, I wish I could tell you everything's going to be like them prosperity preachers. I said, oh, yeah, everything's going to be good. Everything's fine. God loves you. Every day's a Friday. Everybody can be, everybody's happy. That's a lie. That ain't true. Because somebody's spouse is going to die today. Somebody's husband or wife is going to die today. Somebody's child is going to die today. Somebody's going to die for the name of Jesus today. It ain't always good. But if we hold our head up and trust in the Lord, we can fight a good fight of faith. How many believe that's the Lord this morning? How many, how many believe that we need to obey that and follow God? You don't have to turn there, but 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. What does that mean? It means it's not with a knife or bomb or gun. It's not with a fist or something like that. It's not a physical fight. It's spiritual. Our battles, our weapons are spiritual. It's a spiritual warfare. You see, you might be angry at somebody today, but it's not the person you got to worry about. It's the demon behind the person. The battle has got to take place in the spirit. We got to fight that warfare in the spirit. That's why Christians don't go out and blow buildings up and break in stores. And, and any Christian that says God told him to do that is a liar. We fight this in the spirit. Whoever's president this coming up, we got to pray in the spirit. We got to fight this battle in the spirit. We got a lot of Christians going to drive all the way to see Donald, Donald Trump, and I like Donald Trump. I'm not knocking Donald Trump, but they won't go to church. <laughs> they worry, they worry about who's going to be president, but they won't they won't pray. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, we can we can we can go all over the world and and, and try to fight. For our freedoms. But if we don't do it on our knees, it'll never be. I had a guy call me from the NRA. And I like the NRA, the National Rifle Association. I was a member at one time. He says, uh, man, if we let this one do this and do this and do this, we're going to lose our gun rights. I'm going to tell you what. I told him, I said, if we lose our freedom for religion, you can kiss your gun rights goodbye. See, if we lose the right to worship, he didn't have much to say after that. But if we lose our right to worship, our right to gather together, to learn God's word, you can kiss your gun rights goodbye. Because that's the one they want. They get that, they got all the rest of it. They'll take your guns away, they'll take every, your money away, they'll take everything you land away, take away the freedom of religion, everything else will fall in line. Hallelujah. If we can't got the right to come and worship, and you know what's bad about it? There's people today in this world would give a, their lives to come and sit in church today to worship God. But they're going to lose their lives, Brother Allen, if they do that. But yet people around here won't even come next door, won't come and sit down and worship God. But yet these people would give their lives. There are people in hell today, dead, in eternal judgment, would, died rich, died, and they would give everything they got to come and sit in that chair. Just for the one more chance to hear the gospel and receive it. How important is that? 
we got to think about the warfare we're fighting, amen? This is for our souls. This is for our lives. Most people, they go out and, and they make There's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm, I'm all for people, and I'm just like that. I'm trying to get to the point where I can retire and have money to, to, for me and Janice as we, we get younger. I mean, I, I mean, oof. <laughs> and I want, to, I want to be set up. That's fine. But so many people are so persistent in that, it's their whole life, and they're missing out on what's called, what's called spiritual, the things that matter. Hallelujah. We're fighting a weapon, a, a battle, but it's not with physical weapons. It's with spiritual weapons. You today, man, I feel the presence. You today, if you're not equipped with the tools God gave you, the battle God gave you. Turn with Ephesians real quick. I'm a, I'm a, I wasn't going to go there right now, but I'm going to go now. Ephesians chapter uh, 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10. It's good to come to church. It's good to hear the gospel. Amen. It's good to know that God is trying to teach us something. It's time for war. Hallelujah. It's time for war. We need to get disciplined. We need to get prepared because the life of this church depends on whether we're going to fight this battle. The life of your family is going to depend on whether you're going to fight this battle. If we don't, we can lose it all. All right? One of my biggest desires, my family's born again. They can serve the Lord. But if I lay back and do nothing, well, they'll get saved. It's God's choice. To, no, it's your choice. Because if, if you really want them saved, you pray. If you really want them born again, you cry out to the Lord. If you really want those things in your life to matter, there are people that come to Christ, you have a responsibility as a Christian to go to war and fight for them. Come on, somebody. Go to war and fight for them. Get ready, get dressed up, prepare. Verse 10 says this in chapter 6 of Ephesians. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Where? Who? In the Lord. How do I do that? You get on your knees and prepare your heart, prepare yourself to war. Ask the Lord to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit. Let the power of God rule your life. Get ready for a fight. I'm going to tell you right now, I've never seen so much lazy Christians in my life in the last few years. A man of God is speaking, man, and excited. I've, I've, I've been, I was going to church for a few years uh, in Bull Bridge, and you know what? I told that brother, Brandon, I said, man, you know what? There's not too many times I don't leave with, I don't leave with something. I got my heart ready. I was ready, man. I want to hear it. I'm, listen, I was leaving, and I'll, I tell James, I said, I mean, the man, the man of God is speaking, man. He's speaking the word. And somebody's worried about it. Their chicken is burning or McDonald's is uh, going to be ready for them. <laughs> God is trying to tell us something. God is preparing us for something. He's preparing us for war. And yet we're worried about 
if the biscuits are burning or whatever. I don't know what you eat, but <laughs> we're going to church to hear from God. We're going to church to get ready to battle. We get on knees. We get ready for battle. When we open our Bible, we get ready for battle. It's time for war. It's time to fight. Our nation is going to hell in a handbasket. The church is sleeping. The body of Christ in America is sleeping. I heard an estimate, and I, I, they said 67% or 77%, one of the high percentage of Americans are Christians. Do you think there should be a Biden in office and Obama in office or anybody that don't know God that wants to, that hates God? Christians are voting for these people. The battle is at war. We're at war and, and, and everybody's sleeping. You remember when Jesus was getting ready to, to go to the cross and he went to pray and his disciples fell asleep? He's facing the most important Act ever done in, America, in, in, in the world. Christ is going to die for us. And guess what his disciples are doing? They're sleeping. So could you not watch for one hour? Wake up, pray, he warned them. For the devil is coming. The adversary is at the door. We need to be praying. We need to get ready. The, the more lazy disciples, they were just, as long as Jesus was giving them the bread and the fish, as long as Jesus was doing all the work, Come on, somebody. To be strong in the Lord. Be prepared. Be ready for battle. This morning I got up, and I, really, I didn't, I didn't know what the Lord wanted to preach on this morning. I was waiting. And he spoke to me that, you know, the battle is on. The war. Are you in the front line? <laughs> Do you really? And I'm not picking seeing you. I'm just using do we really care about the church? Do we really care about our brothers and sisters that want us astray? Do we really care about the body of Christ? Do we really care about the gospel? Do we really care that many women and men are dying today and all throughout the world for the gospel? You know, we should at least, when we pray, Lord, remember our brothers and sisters on the mission field. Remember those that have been persecuted for the gospel. Because they ain't having it easy like us. But you know what? That's, over there, they've seen more miracles. They've seen Jesus manifesting himself to these people. Great power of God moving. Because they have nobody but Jesus. They don't have Walmart and the, the hospitals. And they don't have the grocery stores like we got over here. They got to go and hope they can find a few scraps of food to feed their families, man. We need to wake up. I think we have some good people here in this church. And I think if we understand that, that the battle is, is on. And we got we to gotta suit up and get ready to fight. Put on the whole armor, God. Wait, what did it say? The whole armor. You don't just put on half an armor. <laughs> Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the craftiness of the devil. Now he's telling them, let's suit up. Let's get ready for battle. This, this thing is real. We're fighting this battle. We, go, we can't go with just 
A sword, we got to have the rest of it. We can't go with just the breastplate. We got to have the rest of it. And he says here, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in higher places. What are we fighting? We're fighting Satan and his forces. All right? We gotta fight. We're fighting an enemy that wants to kill you and put you into hell and put me into hell. Sorry to say, in a lot of places he's doing that very thing. We've gotten away from the message that Christ gave us, and we're preaching another Jesus. We're preaching a soft gospel. We're preaching a gospel that doesn't demand discipline. You have to be ready. You have to suit up. Just not anybody can wear that armor. It's got to fit you. It's got to be your size. You know what I'm saying? Just can't put some little armor that's too small for you or too big for you. You remember when David was going against Goliath and, and Saul gave David his armor? It didn't fit. What he said, I, had never, I didn't prove this stuff. It means, it means I can't fit. It don't fit me. I can't use this stuff. It's just going to be in the way. It wasn't mine. It wasn't his. It wasn't David's. I got the stuff. I got my little rocks and I got my, my sling. You know, he was ready. He knew how to get that giant. He wasn't going to take something that was going to drag him down. He was suited up in the spirit. I can tell you right now, he knew. He, had, he didn't wear no armor, but he had an armor. He had, he had, he had, he had God's armor on him. And he goes on. And verse 13 says, Therefore take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand an evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Praise God. The only way you're going to stand if you're ready for battle, okay? You know, you all hear Christians. Man, I'll tell you what. Some of them are pitiful. Now, I'm not knocking. I love my brothers and sisters. But I've heard stories, look, in the past. <laughs> well, God loves me. I'm struggling, but I'm just standing. God don't want you just to stand up. God don't want you to hold on just by the end of a rope. He wants you to be ready. That don't sound like very victorious battle. You're not winning like that. If you're struggling today, you need to suit up. If you're struggling, you need to get it right with God. You need to surrender, surrender your soul and your mind and your spirit to God and put the arm on. Get it ready. Get ready to fight. I'm not giving up, praise God. I tell you, I'm not giving up on this church. I'm not giving up on my family. I am not going to let the devil steal them, praise God. Somebody say amen. I'm not going to let him have them. I made my mind. I'm not leaving one hoof. Behind. Remember when Moses was going out? He said, you can go, Pharaoh said, but you got to leave your, your rest of your animals and stuff and everything. He said, I ain't leaving with it. Well, I'm not leaving this place without one hoof missing. I'm going with everything. We got a new son-in-law yesterday. He's coming. I got, I, got, I, got, I got grandchildren and children. I ain't leaving one. Golly, man. Let's fight for them. If you want them saved, if you want them right with God, get on your knees. This is where the battle takes place. God hears you when you pray in faith. He hears you when you cry out. He hears you when you're fighting. Don't quit. Don't throw your hands up and say, well, they're born again and they're born again. They lost, they lost. I don't like that answer, praise God. I ain't losing none of them. God has given me the weapons to fight and I'm going to fight. Like I said, I'm not much of a quitter because my wife will tell you, I don't like to quit on nothing. 
I got to be, get beat up pretty bad. <laughs> That's just how I am. And I want that in the spirit for me. Put on the helmet of salvation. Okay, well, verse, uh, where was that? 14. Stand therefore, having girded yourself, your waist with truth. And that happens to be your belt, buckle in the middle. Your waist with truth. That represents truth. So you can't get to heaven without truth. You can't win this battle without truth. If truth is not in your life, if you haven't applied truth, they'll never, you're not suited up. You're not ready. So you got to gird up with truth. All right? Gird up, gird up that around your waist with truth. It says, put on, okay, with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness that covers your heart. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Righteousness represents your heart. See, if you have, this, you have the armor on, the, the uh, breastplate of righteousness, Satan can't get your heart. Truth and righteousness. Those two things are essential for fighting this war and fighting this battle. And he says, and having, on, having your feet strong with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Hallelujah. Put on those shoes. Put on those, those boots or whatever that you use, whatever they battle with. They represent the gospel of peace. I need peace in my life. I mean, you're never going to have victory till you have peace. You're never going to see victory till you have peace. Hallelujah. We need the peace of God. Hallelujah. And having your feet strong with the preparation of the gospel. Above all things, take, take, on, take the, the shield of faith which to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. When Satan throws up. A dart at you, a, 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 a weapon at you, you, you take that faith and, and block it. That shield is a, represents the faith that God has given you. She can't defeat you if you have faith. How important? Remember I said a minute ago about faith? When you establish upon what God says, that's what I'm talking about. When that shield of faith is up, Satan can throw what he wants at you. He can't defeat you. Believe God. Believe God. Believe God. Believe what he says. God promised it. It's in the word. Believe it. If you believe in God for healing, believe it. Put up that shield of faith. You believe in God for financial blessings. You need to get peace in your house. Put up that faith. Praise God. Whatever the devil throws at you. Got sickness in your body. Put up that faith. Put up that shield. The devil's throwing sickness at you. You bounce it off. God has given us faith. Hallelujah, and that's the Christian fire it does. Verse 17, take on the helmet of salvation. What does that do? That protects your mind. Hear what I'm saying? Put that on. Satan can't fill your mind with junk. Come on. Satan can't come against your mind as long as you have that helmet. As long as you put on that helmet of salvation, Satan, you have it on your head. He can't fight. He can't attack your mind. Hear me today. Praise God. That's your shield. That's, see, the thing he's going to do, he's going to lie to you first. And he wants to get into your mind. He wants to make you doubt God. He wants to make you, and he wrecks everything else if he can do that. Praise God. Because you put your faith in something else. Then you lost the, you lost the, the, the righteousness, and you lost the, the, the truth, and you lost the shield of faith. All that, 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 if he can get in here, he can destroy the rest. In my book, that's maybe the most important part of the whole armor. To guard your mind. And, all the, and, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. What, what does that sword represent? The Word. 
can't fight without this. <laughs> you can't fight without this. This is a sword. This represents the sword. Don't ever pick it up. Don't expect to win the battle. Don't ever pick it up. Don't expect to have faith in your life. You don't ever pick it up. Don't expect to have healing in your body. Because how else are you going to know about the battle without the sword? This has to be your shield. This has to be, your, this has to be the, the, the battle you fight with. This has to be the sword you swing at the enemy with. This is our sword. There's a battle taking place. And if we don't have a sword to fight with, you're dead. You know what? The Lord, I, I learned this years ago. Everything we read, the helmet, the sword, the shield, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet strong with the preparation, your, you know, the girdle of truth. There's one thing that suit does not protect. Your back. Because God never intended you to run. <laughs> Mama, you turn around and run, the devil's going to stab you right in the back. I'd rather fight and stay in the battle then turn and lose everything else. Because Satan will stab you. Satan, listen, Satan's a shrewd, crafty, hateful being. His heart is dark. His mind is dark. His ways are dark. Man, I feel the presence of God. He wants nothing but to destroy you. Don't ever join in agreement with him because he'll kill you. Because mm, mm. he has one purpose, and that's to destroy you and take you to hell with him. He has no, he has no way, no hope for you. He has no faith for you. He has no, he has no joy for you. He has none of that. He hates you. Let me say that again. Satan hates you, and all he wants to do is destroy you. And he, and he ain't going to be happy to you sitting in hell with him one day. That's, is, that, is that what you want? Do you want Satan to have that control over your life? Let me read a couple more verses. I'm going to close, okay, because there's just so much I can get in. It's time for war. It's time to fight. Let's get on our knees, man. I don't care when you do it. In the morning, whatever. Let's get on your knees and cry out to God. And do, do less talking and more listening. God wants to talk to you this morning. God wants to fellowship with you. He wants to share with you. He wants to give you the strength and the ability to win this war. He says, Lanny, put on that helmet. Put on that sword. Put that shield on. Get your, your girdles uh, about with truth. Get your feet strong with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We need to fight. How many of us say, oh, I just hope my children get saved. I hope my, my, I hope my job goes. Listen, that's all. Listen, we have to seek God. We have to believe. Listen, I have no, I told somebody, I told you, Jan, I said, I have confidence in what I'm asking. I'm not worried about my children being saved because I already asked God and I'm still asking. And he said, whatever I ask in his name, he'll do it. So I have confidence now that he's going to save them. And I'm not as worried anymore. Should I be worried? 
Should I be, listen, we're all concerned about it. I'm not talking about, I don't think worry is, 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 is all sin sometimes because sometimes I worry about things, you know, it just leads me to prayer. But when I get a peace about those things I'm asking the Lord, then I know faith has activated itself in my life. In other words, when I know and I lose, I lose fear of uh, what's going to happen because God has promised me, if I seek him, he'll answer me. God don't desire that no man perish. I know that already in the scripture. That's God's will. God wants to save your house. God wants to save your family. God wants to bless you. God, that's all in the promises of his word. But I don't think it's going to be handed. See, Satan knows what God wants to do for you already. And he's going to make sure he can do everything he can to stop it. Those answers are there for you. Those promises are there. But you're going to have to fight for them. Amen. I don't hear you. Listen to me. Those promises are there, but you're going to have to fight for it. And I'm not talking about physical fighting. I'm talking about on your knees. I'm talking about faith in God's word. Applying all that I explained to you just a minute ago by that suit of armor. It's there. It's for you. You're going to have to fight for it. Hallelujah. Let me just read you a few more scriptures, okay? For the weapons of our war, I read that already. 1 Timothy 1.18 says, This charge I commend unto you, Timothy, my son Timothy, according to the prophecy which went before on you, that you by them might uh, war a good warfare. So we, he told Timothy, according to the prophecy that was given unto you, that you go about and you war a good warfare, okay? Because he, he didn't say, Timothy, uh, you know, every day is a Friday. I mean, you save now. God will give you everything you need. Everything's, everything's going to happen nice. And, and, and everybody's going to love you now. And you won't have to fight for nothing. No, he said, you got to go fight for it. There's a warfare, a war taking place. You're going to have to fight for it, Timothy. You're going to have to fight for it. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to fight for it. Uh, Ephesians chapter, oh, I just read that a minute ago. Chapter 8 of Romans, verse 37 says, We are more than conquerors. Remember I said this morning? <laughs> we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. What is a conqueror? A victor. What is a conqueror? A conqueror is the one that overcomes. Okay? He's the one that presses through. He's the one that sees the prize. Okay? A conqueror is a winner. A conqueror is somebody that knows how to fight. A conqueror is somebody that's going to, listen, I'm not a, much into boxing, but you ever saw them guys fight? Huh? You ever saw them? They, I mean, they just, <laughs> they pound each other, man. And they all stand up there, and one stands up, and he wins, and he's got a blood coming out of his eyes, and his busted head's all swollen, and, and all of a sudden, they, they give him the check. He just got $10 million, and his little wife comes and takes it. <laughs> she's more than a conqueror <laughs> it's true somebody took the licking and somebody got the money <laughs> <Ain't you? laughs> God is more we're more than conquerors through Christ that's right he's already took the beating for us now he's we, we, we receiving the prize it don't mean you have to fight you don't have to fight for it we're going to have to stand on God's word. We're going to have to fight. I love my Christianity. And I don't want to lose it for nothing. And if it's, it's not going to just sit there. Satan's not going to just sit there and let me enjoy the Lord. He's going to fight. That booger, he don't sleep. 
That's like I said, he's dark, brother. He's, he's just plain darkness. He, he hates God. He hates you. And he's not going to sit back and let you worship God and get everything from God without fighting. He's going to try everything he can to deceive you, lie to you. Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden. They had everything they took. Nothing. Never see death. They could have lived forever because of one snake. Like Boogie said this morning, one serpent. Got him to doubt God. You sure God said? Told Eve that. You sure God said? God just don't want you to know you can become like him. I don't think it's a fruit as much as a man desiring to be God. Because that's what Satan wanted, you remember? He wanted to overthrow God. And he got Adam and Eve to think that way. And I told somebody, I don't think it happened at that moment. I think it was, he didn't spoke to them before that. I think it was a conditioning. He was conditioning them. It's like sometimes we walk with the Lord and, 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 and the devil says, oh, you know, God, God just don't want to let you have something fun. He's just taking this away from you. And we fight it. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, I'm not here. I'm listening. And constantly he comes back and he comes back with the same lie over and over and over. Because I don't believe he deceived Adam and Eve just in a spur of a moment. I believe it took some time. I think it took time. Not just me. I think it took time of conditioning Adam and Eve to go into rebellion. And he, and he lied to them. Like he lies to us. And they believed him. You can be like God. You know, they got preachers, Brother Allen, right now, calling themselves little gods. One of them said that, and I'm going to mention his name, but he said, God said, I am, and I'm a little God, so, so therefore I am too. That's blasphemy. He's calling himself God. I am too, he said. He needs to get saved. He don't know Jesus. He's not preaching to Jesus of this Bible. I am, he said, so therefore I am too. You better repent. That's what he better do. Because there's only one I am I know. His name is Jesus Christ. The image of the Father. The second, God in, second one in the Trinity, which is God in the flesh. Okay. I'm going to close with this one. I'm going to read it to you, okay? We're in a battle, okay? Seriously, we're in a battle. How do we win this battle? James says it like this, submit yourself therefore unto God. <laughs> Resist the devil and he will flee. And also goes back to the devil's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I said that last time. I said, you know, you ever watch them, them wilderness shows, them, them lions? They're patient. Look, they'll sit, they'll sit back in, in the surroundings and uh, they'll, they'll have a flock of her or deer or whatever. Whatever come in and they, they, they just put themselves, they're the same color as the, 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 the dirt or whatever they're at. You know what I'm saying? They, they blend in with their surroundings and they just watch. And they just, they're just patient. Watch it next time. You learn a lot from the wilderness shows, them animal shows or whatever. And he sits back in the, in, in, and he waits. And he sees them deer come. And he watches for the one that's lagging behind. <laughs> the weak one. He's watching for those, the one that's not too healthy. He's, and when he takes off, he can have five or six around him. He's going after that one he targeted. Notice, watch, I said, why, why not grab one of the other ones? Because he fixed his eyes on 
at one. Boy, that's the devil. He's like that with us sometimes. He sees our weak points. He knows we're lagging behind. He knows we ain't praying. And he knows we're not reading our Bible. He knows. He knows all of that. And he watches. I can just keep God away from him. I can keep him from praying. We'll be limping. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll be limping, come, trying to keep up with the rest of everybody else. But that old snake, that old devil, that old lion, he'll devour. He watches. Holly, let's stand up a minute. Praise God. I'm going to ask you a question. Listen, I, I'm not here to judge anybody. I, I judge my own heart. Seriously. I'm not only preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. But I'll tell you what I did do lately. I've done made my mind up. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm not going to look to the left. I'm not going to look to the right. I'm not looking for other answers. My answer is Jesus Christ. He's too narrow-minded. Well, I don't care. <laughs> Straight is the gate and narrow is the way to lead it unto righteousness. Few there be that find it. I want to be on that narrow road. Amen. The wide road is easy. I mean, you can sway to the left and sway to the right. You got a lot of room to move, you see. But that narrow road, you got to stay on that straight and narrow path. Go a little off to the side, you'll fall. I want you to close your eyes a minute. Just, just take a minute. You know, hey, me too. I'm not, I'm not just preaching to you. Listen to me. I, I want us to grow. I want us to learn that the war is hard. If I knew it was that bad, Berlin, I never got into where you would have went to hell without, without any effort. Because you know I mean? you, you're going to go if you don't serve God and if, and if you if, you try to serve him and serve the devil, you're still going to go. So, so the only way you got is Jesus. One way. He is our strength. He's our shield. He's our, he's our salvation. He's our helmet. Of, he's, he's everything we need. Amen. I made my mind up, and I'm hoping you do this morning, that I'm going to serve Jesus. Listen, I'm not as nervous no more. I haven't got the anxiety anymore like I used to have, worrying about stuff. I know I still got anxiety, but I, it's not as bad because I'm starting to understand. Look, I started off like this, and, it, and it's, it's narrowing down. And I, I, know I had my opinions. I'm, I'm, this is my role. This was my role. I'm not going to lie to you. My role was why like that. You know, I started taking out the things that, that didn't matter, the things that I was stressing me out, the things that I was trusting in other than God. And the little role got narrow and narrow. And look, it, it, it just got to Jesus. <laughs> See, we start removing that other stuff out, your road's going to get narrow. It, it comes down to one thing, and that's Jesus. He is our answer. He's our salvation. He's our hope. He's our faith. He's, he's everything. How many want to live in peace with the Lord? That's how you can get it. Hope, joy. That's only one way to get the real joy that men need. See, men, men in the world, they have joy if they got a lot of money and they, they got to find this and find that and they're doing it. But when that collapses, they, 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 they're ruined. There are people in the, when the Great Depression took place in, 19, in the 1920s, they were millionaires overnight, dead broke. Brother Allen, they were committing suicide because their confidence is when their money. They lost it overnight. 
I gave my life to Jesus 30-something years ago. You know what? He still stands. He's never let me down yet. People worry about, are you going to vote for president? I voted for Jesus 30-something years ago. Never lost my vote yet. <laughs> when he promised me something, he gave it to me. Not like lying politicians that say things to get you voting. After that, they go sit down and get rich. That's what, that's what it amounts to. But Jesus gave his life. He gave everything for my salvation. 